The natural man is not aware that all the answers to life are found in God. The natural man cringes in the earth and seeks and finds that which is vain and temporary, while the spiritual man soars on wings of eagles, Isaiah forty thirty one says, and seeks and finds righteousness and God's incomparable and everlasting blessings and companionship. Well, welcome to the program. I'm so delighted that you're here with me. I'm Neil Parks. As we continue on through the book of Ecclesiastes, and in the last episodes, we've touched on some much-needed understandings about our time here on the planet Earth. I want to make sure that the main emphasis with the preacher's writings in Ecclesiastes are to enlighten us about how short-lived the years, which we call long and many, are really like a millisecond in comparison to eternity. So with that said, I know that I may sound redundant, (laughs) been told that many times, but I strongly believe that the radical romantic love God wants his bride to have points towards and is taught in the Song of Solomon. So we are combining both books, Ecclesiastes with the Song of Solomon, because it takes the understanding of the worthlessness, if you will, of the world to embrace the radiant love of God. Look how uh, Hosea in chapter 4, verse 6 puts it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Again, uh, the New Living Testament says, My people translation, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Now, in Ecclesiastes 2.8, it talks about how Solomon's reign began under the most promising conditions. But soon, his own wisdom, we know about that in Proverbs, but that really wasn't his, that was God's wisdom speaking through him. But this wisdom alone was guiding him. He openly affronted God when he got into his own wisdom by taking many wives, including pagan women. They seduced him into tolerating and later practicing idolatry. So, 1 Kings 11, 4 through 6 tells about that. Verse 4 says, When Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to following other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight, and unlike his father David, he did not remain loyal to the Lord. So after Solomon, after Solomon became king and God gave him godly wisdom, 
he fell flat on his face. This is the same man that wrote the book of Proverbs, as I just said, but how could that be? Well, look how Matthew Henry Best describes it. God, by his Spirit, made him, Solomon, a preacher. In token of his being reconciled to him, a commission is understood. Pardon, in other words. Christ sufficiently testifies his forgiving Peter by the same way by pledging his lambs and sheep to his trust. Observe the term penitent. Penitents should be preachers. Those that have taken warning themselves to turn and live should be giving warning to others not to go on and die. Folks, that's our testimony. It's actually God working through us as we go through these times when we fall flat on our face. We are to, in turn, use this experience for God's glory. It goes on to say, When thou art converted strength, Matthew Henry, When thou art converted strength, thy brethren, preachers must be preaching souls. For that, only, for that only is likely to reach the heart that comes from the heart. Paul served God, you see, with his spirit in the gospel of his Son. Romans 1.9 says, For God whom I serve with my spirit, this is Paul talking, by preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to how continuously I mention you. You see, my listeners, we're talking about the repentant heart. Solomon, Peter, Paul had been there, done that, you might say. And God used them mightily. They experienced the stupidity and vanity of the worldly life only to be used as vessels to proclaim the gospel of Christ. I hear that rational excuse all the time. Uh, but, Neil, you just don't understand what's going on in my life. Well, the fact of the matter is God will use people that trip and fall to show others what to look out for. Look what Second Peter 3.8 is saying. But you should never lose sight of this fact, dear friends, that time is not the same with the Lord as it is with us. To him a day may be a thousand years, and a thousand years only a day. It is not that he is neglectant about keeping his own promises, as some men seem to think. The fact is that he is very patient towards you. He has no wishes that any man should be destroyed. He wishes that all men and women should come to repentance. Yet it remains true 
that the day of the Lord will come as suddenly and and as unexpectedly as a thief. In that day, the heavens will disappear in a terrific, tearing blast. The very elements will disintegrate in heat, and the earth and all that is in it will be burned up to nothing. You see, God allows his image bearers to go through trials, testings, and tribulations as an experience to glorify him with the testimony of his faithfulness to share with the generations at hand. So it was with Solomon, Peter, and Paul, and all mankind as well. James, I love the way James puts it in chapter 1, verses 2 through through 4. Verse 2 says, My brothers and sisters, you have many kinds of trouble, but this gives you a reason to be very joyful. You know that when your faith is tested, you learn to be patient in suffering. If you let that patience work in you, the end result will be perfect. You will be mature and complete. You will be all that God wants you to be. My friends, that's what this podcast is hoping to do, is to help the body mature. You see, my friends, this life on planet Earth is not about being a good wife, a good husband, a good father, mother, worker, business person. Yes, all those things are very important. But that is all vanity apart from God. God is purifying his bride. And in the purifying process, he is using his bride as vessels in which to promote repentance. Jesus says, repent or perish. That's his first sermon. Now, a little bit about me, Neil. Prior to my surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to Jesus Christ 35 years ago, one of the things that kept me from the point of surrender was the hypocrisy of the people who called themselves Christians as their lifestyles were really no different than mine, other than going to a meeting once a week. There was no depth as to what they believed or who they believed in. I share this because I deeply feel that a follower of Christ, or a vessel, if you will, is mandated with the calling purpose of a bond servant. You define that as a love slave belonging to Christ himself. This world is not our home. Look how the writer of Hebrews puts it in Hebrews 11, verse 13. And I'm reading out of the complete Jewish Bible. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen says, All these people kept on trusting all these believers, these saved people. They kept on trusting until they died without receiving what had been promised. 
they had only seen it and welcomed it from a distance, while acknowledging that they were aliens and temporary residents of the earth. My friends, please understand and get this information down. I was not a follower of Jesus Christ until the moment I was asked the question, Are you ready to die? Little did I know at that time what was really being asked of me. Then I was told, You can be. You see, you cannot have everlasting life in heaven unless you've been reborn into the Spirit by the Holy Spirit, John 3, 3. We die to self. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creation. That means you're reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. Behold, new things have come. You see, because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Second Corinthians 5.17 A new creation is, you might say, a new species. We are no longer human. Earth is not our home. We are now aliens for waiting for our heavenly mansion to be built. The Bible says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. John fourteen two. So Solomon the preacher is spot on as to his message of vanity. Vanity, it's all pointless apart from God. Solomon has been there and done that. I know that many of you can actually say that when people are talking to you. Without even mummering a word, you can listen and you You're speaking to yourself. Been there, done that. So here's the question today. If a person is proclaiming themselves to be a Christian or alien in this world, if you will, why would they be so focused on accomplishments apart from God, like prosperity and self for that matter? as they dwell on planet Earth. Well, that'll do it for this time. And I want to pray for you. Lord, I just lift up my listeners. Uh, I lift them up because, Father God, I know that everybody on planet Earth, we've all been there, done that at some point in time. Lord, I just pray that they would seek you with all their hearts, minds, and souls. Your word says where we do that, you will reveal yourself to us. So, Father, I just lift up these listeners in whatever circumstances, trials, testings, or tribulations. I lift them up to you that you would just 
wrap your arms around them when, as you walk with them, right alongside of them, through the valley of the shadow of death. This world is halfway between heaven and hell. We've been left here to be used. Father God, I just lift them up to you to have your way with their heart, to wrap your arms around them tightly, Holy Spirit, and speak to them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Until next time, hope to see you soon. I'm Neil Parks.